Hello, everyone. Those of you here in the sanctuary and those of you around the world. Let us remember that we are still in the celebration of, of Black History Month or African American History Month. It's both a necessity, it's a necessary corrective to the exclusion and misrepresentation of blacks in American history. And so we celebrated, like those of you in the UK in October celebrated too. And so I say in the language of Swahili, hujambo, hujambo means hello, habaragane, how are you today? We welcome you to God's house. We welcome you to this holy ground. And we now ask that you prepare your minds, your heart, and your soul to rejoice and to praise the Lord. We invite now our praise team, Sister Hope Carr and her husband, Brother Darnell Carr, as they come to take us to another level of holiness. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Blessing to be in the house of the Lord again, in the presence of God again. If you're able, come on and stand on your feet and let's give God some praise this morning. How many know that you are favored? You are blessed and highly favored. Favor, favor, say favor, favor. Ooh, 
for he shall not slumber nor sleep for he shall not slumber nor sleep do you know the lord is your keeper lord is my keeper the lord is my Be still, just be still, be still and know that God is God. 
In Jesus' name, we speak it. We speak it. We believe it. Let everyone say amen. Come with us now to the New Testament Gospel of Matthew. New Testament Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And as you are able, I invite you to stand out of reverence for the word of God. And listen now, listen. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything, but it's thrown out and then trampled underfoot. You, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill can't be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. And so in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Oh Lord, as I stand before your people, won't you now allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for you are my strength. And you are my redeemer. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, I pray. Let the church say amen. Let us smile today. Just smile when you don't even feel like smiling. They say the body can't tell the difference. If you smile, the body says, I'm happy, whether you happy or not. So smile, make yourself happy. You're in God's house. Say, say our sermon title is Shake Us and shiners. Glory to God. Hallelujah. With all the things that are going on in the world today, whenever you cut on the news or the television in any form, today the news is filled with tragedy. 
We pray for all those, wherever they are in the world today, who are suffering because of so many things that are happening. So Jesus comes today with a word that will remind us who say we are Christians of just who we are. Jesus uses two analogies to describe what we should be, and they are salt and light. By this he meant we should possess the power to be shakers. I wish I had a box of salt with me. Shakers and shiners. Oh, I need a bright light. Well, today we want to explore this, this scripture and lesson, and we want to learn what Jesus is talking about because Jesus is talking to us, you and me, who call ourselves Christians. Jesus is telling us who we are and who we ought to be as Christians. And he's talking to us because he believes that we are valuable. He is talking to us because he knows that we come with gifts and with talents. He's talking to us because he knows that we can make a difference in the world. He knows that we can make a difference in the world when we become who Jesus says that You see, Jesus knows that we are worth something because we are followers called Christians. Tell yourself out loud, say, I am a Christian. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, beloved, I'm here to tell you that regardless of how you feel today, God considers you credible, incredible. We have incredible value. God loves us and he longs for us to live out who we are. So give the world a taste and a glimpse of who Jesus says we are. You see, our scripture will give us the motive to feel the calling that God has put on our lives as a Christian. First, 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 Jesus says we are here to season the earth, to season the earth. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Then he says, but, but if salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? You got to listen to this. This is a good lesson. This is a good lesson. He said, because when you lose saltiness, you're no longer good for anything. Some people are just kind of good for, for nothing in God's sight if we're not being who he created us to be. And then he goes on to say, you are no longer good for nothing except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by people. Well, my goodness, well. Well, to discover the meaning of what Jesus is saying, we need to understand the function of salt. We need to understand the function of 
sought. And we need to understand it that it would be understood by Jesus's original first century audience. The fact that salt had many functions in the ancient world, and it still does today. Can somebody say amen? Salt. Salt had so many uses that it was highly valued. In fact, salt was so valuable that the Romans sometimes paid their soldiers with some salt. If a soldier didn't carry out his duties, people would say, he's not worth his salt. That's where we get that expression. You ever hear it? Salt was known to be of great value then, and it's of great value now. Salt, talking about salt. Salt can be a preservative, an antiseptic, a fire catalyst, a, you know, a thirst stimulator, and a fertilizer. But of all the functions of salt in his context of scripture, See, that's why they make us go to school, because we have to learn to exegete the scripture. I wouldn't have one idea what Jesus was talking about if somebody hadn't taught me to do that. In this context of scripture, we can safely say Jesus is speaking of salt as a seasoning agent. Somebody say seasoning agent. Oh, gone, Jesus. Jesus' mention of salt, of salt supports this interpretation. Well, the truth be told, my beloved, God needs some salt shakers today. Aren't you tired of hearing all the rotten, bad, ugly, stanky, horrible news? The soup's flat, the vegetables are bland, the pork chops don't have no taste. The, the, the world is not accepting that, that we are dishing out. We, we need to be shaken today. Church, we, we need to shake out some love. We need to shake out some healing. We need to shake out some understanding. We need to shake out some Jesus today. Hallelujah. Because to be salty is to be like Jesus in the way you live your life. What would Jesus do? Because to be salty means to be like Jesus. And we can do that. We'll help those around us develop a taste for Jesus. To be salty is to be like Jesus. I'm reminded of the story, a young salesman was disappointed about losing a sale. And he said, see, he told his, his boss, he said, boss, you see, what they're really saying is, I guess it just proves you can't lead a horse to water. You can lead him to water, but you can't make him drink. The manager replied, say, son, take my advice. Your job is not to make them drink. Your job is to make them thirsty for what you're selling. Thirsty. We need to make the world thirsty for Jesus. 
Oh, child of God, are you making anyone in your life thirsty to know more about Jesus? Is there anyone who is curious about your life because you showcase the life of, of Jesus? Your lifestyle should have such a flavor oh, that it creates in others a hunger and a thirst for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, sometimes I talk to people and I say one thing and then they bring up the Bible to remind me that they just trying to do what the Bible say do. They say, Pastor, but the Bible says. I'm going, you know what? Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. You know, we need to create a flavor because people are hungry today and they're thirsty for somebody like Jesus. Oh, the world has flavor, flavor. Y'all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> flavor, flavor. God bless flavor, flavor. <laughs> but what the world really needs is some people like us with some Jesus flavor. Hey, hey. Some Jesus flavor. I'm telling you, the salt is like Jesus. Listen, we, we need to just sprinkle Jesus all over our society. Just, just sprinkle. Christians, you and I are supposed to be the spice of life. We're supposed to light up a room when we walk in. We're supposed to want people to know who we are, and we don't even say nothing. It's something, you know, it's called uh-uh. Flavor, but it's also the anointing. The anointing. Christians, you and I are supposed to be like Jesus. If we, if we have Jesus, then we need to show Jesus. Somebody say amen. If we have Jesus, we need to live out who we are and give the world a taste and a glimpse of Jesus. We are spicy because we are too blessed. To be bland. Can I get an amen? You know, Christians, put a smile on your face. Give somebody an air hug. Say a kind word. Give an encouraging word. Tell somebody you love them. Make somebody laugh. Get some flavor in your appearance. Yeah, a little dab. A little dab will do you. Walk different. Talk different. Jesus says that we are the salt of the earth. So we need to act like it. People going around today, they hurting, they depressed. They don't know which way to go. And they walking all around. Now, you know what? Even if we're in trouble, we need to. Because we know somebody called Jesus. So look at somebody and say, represent. Represent Jesus. Oh, beloved, after explaining the value and the purpose of Saul, Jesus continues in chapter 5, 13 with words of warning. Warning, he says, but, say but, but if the salt has lost its flavor, if the salt becomes tasteless, how can it be made salty again? Well, that's a good question. Well, then Jesus continues in the final phase of 5.13. He says, salt, tasteless salt is just no longer good for anything 
except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by people. Oh, my goodness. You know, we talk about not hurting nobody's feelings, but Jesus don't care about that because he's a great parent and savior. In first century, when salt became tasteless, it was thrown on the ground where people wanted a hard path because salt had a hardening effect. People would then walk right on top of the salt and trample it into the ground so that the ground would become hard. In other words, tasteless disciples are not fulfilling the purpose of what Jesus called us to do. Let's just say it like this. If we, the church, become tasteless and anemic, we're going to be snuffed out of existence. Oh, they're talking today about how many people have, have left the church. Well, if you ain't got no flavor, people will leave. Yeah, they will. They will leave and go somewhere else because they are not being fed food with flavor. Isn't that something? You can have some food with, with flavor. I said to somebody the other day that I, I heard somebody say, a layperson say, I'm going to, ch to a church to preach. I'm going, no, the gift of preaching comes with the call. So you can't preach. You can go somewhere and speak. But you can't preach because you ain't been called. It ain't no flavor to your speech. Oh, glory, glory, glory. And so Jesus continues in this, in this final phase. He says, let's say it like this. If we, the church, you know, become tasteless, what? People going to leave. What do people say when they leave? I had to leave because I just wasn't being fed. We may not have many people. We may be people poor. This is what arrogant churches say. But that's okay because we property rich. Is that what God say going to do? Did, did he say go make disciples or did he say go buy property? We love to brag on our buildings, and we have some beautiful buildings, and God's house should be absolutely beautiful. That's not a bad thing. But when we think our mission is to go and build buildings and own land, Houston, we have a problem over here. Listen. Because when the church loses its saltiness, its flavor, its vitality, its power, then the people will come. The church here to truly salt down our communities. We need to salt our communities down with some good news and some good works of what Jesus did. We need to open our mouths and talk about Jesus sometime. We must give the world a taste and a glimpse of who Jesus is. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I've been in some large churches where when you walk in the door, you feel the power of the Holy Spirit. 
going to one church and I got in, they say, welcome home. Because this is everybody's house. This is everybody's house. I know we love to say my church, but I taught people and my early ministers say, this is God's house. This ain't my house. This ain't my church. This is God's church. And every human being on the face of the earth is welcomed into God's house. Now, you might not want everybody in your house. That's your house. This is not your house. Somebody say amen. This is God's house. And you can't keep nobody out of God's house. So hear, hear me now. Hear me. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called to season the earth. And so this requires us to recognize our value and fulfill our calling. And it's not a mission impossible. If it was, God would not ask us to do it because there is nothing impossible with God. Secondly, well, first we are the salt of the oil, we are the salt of the world, and now we hear Jesus saying, secondly, Jesus says, you, you are the light of the world. You, you are the light of the world. Jesus tells us that we are called to shine the light of Jesus. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, remember that during Black History Month. I elder saying that this little light of mine, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. I ain't gonna do it, I ain't gonna do it. Hold on. Let it shine. Now, people often get very disturbed because the world is so dark. But that's because the world is not light. Ooh. The world is not light. The devil says he owns the, the world. world is not light. What else can a sinful world be but dark? The world is lost. And without any direction because the world is not Light. Jesus is the light. And we are to reflect him as disciples of Jesus Christ. We have to put the light in the world. We must put goodness in the world and kindness in the world and holy boldness and love and gratefulness and praise and honor and godly power into a dark world. Oh, just look at the world today. People are running away in drugs, trying to find a way out of darkness. Taking all kind of pills, trying to find a way out of darkness. Sleeping around, going on, killing sprees. No respect for human life. Because living in the darkness will make you do crazy and evil things. Oh, too much darkness. It's just not good for anybody. Too much. It's the sunlight. It's, it's the sunlight that brings new life and puts flavor into our lives. It's the sunlight 
that gives us a clear direction of the way. It's the light that brings our salvation. Jesus is the light, light of the world. And so followers of Jesus, he's telling us, he's telling us in his own kindness that we too, we too are to light the world. We Christians are the light, but the tragedy is that we are not using the flesh like God's given us to get a world some light. Get a world some light Christian so people in darkness can see. And after you turn it on, see, I meant to have my flashlight, y'all. After you turn it on and hold it up, somebody else can see it. And so I'm saying to you today, shine, Christian. Shine. Listen to me carefully. Christianity is not a covert operation. Uh-oh, it's not a covert operation. We don't go sneaking around in the dark. <laughs> if we sneaking around in the dark, you better check yourself. We don't go sneaking around in the dark to get our work done. There's no room for secret agent Christians. We are not the spiritual CIA. We're the light of the world. We're the light of the world. What we need today is a group of people who are unapologetically Christian. Don't ever apologize for being a Christian. And don't ever say you are one and you're not. Don't ever apologize. No one else is apologizing. Sometimes we quiet about it. That's like apologizing. Nobody's apologizing today. The government has yet to apologize for slavery. Racists are not apologizing. Sexists are not apologizing. Ageists are not apologizing. Sex traffickers are not apologizing. Immigration services not apologizing. My God, if they can go public, so can we, Jesus says. Don't hide your light under a basket. Christians need to come out the closet. Somebody say amen. That's why Jesus continues by saying, a city can build a hill, can put a light on a hill that cannot be hidden. Now that means when we become like a city set on a hill, we will be elevated and easily visible. When we get up and get out, when we stand up and stand out, when we move with holy boldness, when we open our mouths and speak out the truth, then we give hope and direction for weary pilgrims in this dangerous and fertile world. Oh, give the world a taste and a glimpse of who Jesus is. Don't be a closet Christian. Somebody need to say, don't be a closet Christian. Don't look at nobody now. Just, yeah, just talk it to yourself, that one. Then, beloved, then, Jesus concludes this lesson with a powerful statement. He says, let your light so shine before people that they may see your good works 
and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay, now the problem with that is we just take the first part. We say, let your light so shine before people that they may see your good works. And we stop there. So we like to show off in church. We like to be the people everybody see. We like to be up front. We like to do all the things we think we ought to do to be seen. But we forget the other part. Because if you're really doing a good work and anointed of God, then people will see God in you and give glory to him. Oh, help me up in here, somebody. You can't work your way in. You can't work your way in. We are not here to get used to the dark, but to shine as lights. The light of Jesus Christ is to shine. In and through and before people. In other words, this is a public exhibition of light. It's important to notice that the light is not equated. It's not the same as just doing something good. Oh, my God, that bothers me so much. When people think they can work their way to heaven by doing something good. I pastored a church and went there, and they had a sheet for people to sign, and it was for government cheese. And I'm telling you, they act like they were giving people a million dollars. You have to sign this paper if you want some cheese. What? Why are you acting arrogant about some government cheese? Why are you going to make people feel bad and ashamed to get some government cheese? So I closed it down. Don't talk to me about cooking chicken dinners, and then everybody can't come and get one. Help me up in here, somebody. Don't talk to me about clothing and blankets and all that other stuff when you ain't going to give it to nobody anyway. Because it's the spirit that you give things in. It's not to say, look at what we did. No, it's the spirit of what you do it for. Anybody can do good works. You don't have to be a Christian to feed the hungry and offer blankets to the homeless or give money to charity. You don't have to be a Christian to do that. Well, Pastor, what is this lights of our work to the glory? Of God. Mm. It's our verbal testimony. You got to open your mouth, boobie. It's our verbal testimony. Oh, of the almightiness of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. When the uprising happened, in Compton years ago, I quickly, within a day or two, set up a saving station at the church I was pastoring, and there were some requirements. God had blessed the church with a professional um, cook. She, she was professional. What do you call those? Chef. She was a chef. And I asked if she would come. Because I was going to set up a prayer room, and then we were going to set up a room where people could just come and pray. The church was open. But the main thing would be 
food, but not any food. And it would be served to anybody who came, not just on a table, but on a table with linen tablecloth and on a table with live flowers. And the dinners would be phenomenal. And then after they ate a dinner, if they wanted food to take home, we had baskets and we asked churches all over the conference, if you don't feel like coming to Compton, if you feel uncomfortable, we understand, but we here and we ain't shamed. People are suffering. If you have money you want to send, fine. If you want to bring it in, fine. We got such a response that we nearly bought Costco out. Wonderful food. And one day, one day, one day, somebody came and they came in and said, Pastor, Pastor, we got a problem outside. We got a problem outside. There's a man, he's just, he just cursing at people. And he mad, Pastor, because we said that the food would be ready to, to, for people to eat at a certain time, and we're not ready. And he's mad. And other people are getting mad. And they say, Pastor, what are we going to do? I said, just watch me. Paul the Apostle says, watch me act like Jesus. You ain't got a pastor who can teach you how to walk like Jesus. You need to get another one. And I went outside, and I, he was having a little fit. You know, the old people say a hissy fit. And I walked over to him, and I said, hello. I said, I'm Pastor Waters, the pastor of, of this church. How are you today? I said, would you like to tell me your name? I want to know who you are. Mr. Davis. Oh, how are you, Brother Davis? It's so good to see you here. We, we've, we've set up this whole thing for you. He said, well, I'm upset. I said, I don't blame you. I'd be upset too. If I was hungry and somebody told me dinner was at so-and-so and I'm hungry and then it's not right, I said, could you just please, sir, could you forgive us because we just made a mistake? Could you just, yeah, the food ought to be ready, but it's not ready. But you know what? As soon as it is ready, I'm going to bring out the first plate just for you. Could you just take a seat, sir? He looked like, then I touched him. You know, African-American people are touching people. Now, I did get sick one time, and the doctor told me I had to stop touching everybody. But I touched him. And I said, come over here, sir. Gently. Take a seat. And we're going to be out in a minute. And I'm so sorry that we were not on time with your food. His whole demeanor changed. When people are hurting and suffering and in need, they don't want you to think that the food you're giving them is something that they ought to be proud of. The food that we were giving out 
was with kindness, with love, with appreciation for human life, and the spirit of Almighty God, and everyone that went out. You can ask them, don't let me see somebody go out with the wrong attitude to help a human being in need. Whenever you do something good, do it filled with the Holy Spirit of God. After all, good works are not always done by Christians. Because people who don't know God can't bring God to the table. But we can. And God expects us, us to. People can be so mean in the church. This ain't your house. God looking at you. What you doing? You think God don't see you? I know people who've been turned away from churches. <sighs> Try some of this. Some, 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 somebody says to you, girl, you sure look good. Somebody said that to me a few weeks ago in an elevator when I was going to the doctor. They said, ma'am, you sure do look nice. I said, I just thank God that I don't look like the trouble I've been through. And she was getting off the elevator. She said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Hold the elevator. Wait, wait. I'm getting back on going next floor. Ma'am, I want to hear, what did you say? I, I want to say that. What? Can you say it again? I'm just so thankful that the God I serve didn't let me look like the trouble that I've been through. Oh, glory to God. Somebody says, man, you, you don't age, do you? And you should say, God has kept me. And I, I thank him. Somebody says, how are you today? You say, I'm blessed more than I deserve. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, please hear me. The idea that we shouldn't feel compelled to bring the name of Jesus as the expectation of our Christian character is born from either unbelievable arrogance or incredible naivete. My doctor was clapping, oh, we got it, we got it, we got it, we got the glaucoma. I said, oh, oh praise God, praise God, praise God, and thank you, doctor, in that order. She said, I'll take it. That's the order I believe in. I'm not going to sit up in nobody's nowhere and not bring his name up. <laughs> nowhere. I'm comfortable saying it was Jesus. Hear me today. Now, our lives are not an adequate witness apart from our words. If you have your most spiritual day and your, and your good works are clearly evident to your co-workers and your classmates, they may just assume that you are Mormon. You ain't told them who you are. 
You brought up the name of Jesus. Oh, but if you name the name of Jesus, people will know who you are and where your good works come from. They come from the anointing of Jesus in your very soul and your spirit. They can feel the love. And so, my beloved, Jesus expects good works and good works from us because both are necessary to glorify God. The word glorify means to off. The Bible says the heavens declare his, his glory. God is the show off. We come in church thinking we ought to show off. Ain't nobody. Listen, God is the show off. You come in church, you want to see how God going to show out today. He can't wait to show you who he is in every way. I'm telling you, he takes care of me at this age in ways he's never taken care of me before. From finding uh, my phone and put somewhere and don't know where I put it to giving me energy that I know didn't come from nobody but him. For giving me peace. When I'm anxious about what I'm going to do next and where I'm going to go. Sad that a pastor would even have to be worried about that, but it's, but it's reality. He gives me a, a peace that passes all understanding. The Bible says God made you and me and then looked at the work he had done and said loud to himself, man, that's good. You all right. You do some good work. That's why you never complain about yourself. God says that's good. Listen, listen, listen. We don't need to show off. We need to show God off. Can you get it? We don't need to show off. We need to show God off. Listen. The purpose of shining our light is to point others to the God who's working in us. When we see people see the full moon on a clear summer night, they're not going to say, it's wonderful that the moon is such a powerhouse of light energy for us. Because the moon has no light. It merely reflects the light of the sun. That's how it works with us Christians, too. The world sees our good work but glorifies not us, but the one who is the true source of the goodness that we exhibit in our behavior. When people see the change in you and me, they need to know who did it. Jesus did it. Jesus did it for me. Who was in my life? I don't know where I would be if it had not been for the Lord. Who was on my side, all my dearly beloved, this time period, you may see your next door neighbor the next time, maybe this week, when you see your next door neighbor, uh-huh, your mail delivery person, uh-huh, your children's friends and their friends, parents, teachers, your co-workers, your server in the local restaurant, and on and on, Jesus says to you today, leave here and shine your light. Shine your light. The whole world is full of fear and anxiety. Shine your light of peace. Your light of peace 
People say, Lord, that's what we're going to do. We're going to be ready. Get a new attitude about death. We all have to die. We have to be ready. Oh, as I finish, show your Christianity off by talking and acting like Jesus to all, all of you today. Stay salty. Shine brightly. Every day of your life, smile at people. Give a compliment. Shake a hand. Give an air hug. Encourage somebody. Help somebody. Call somebody. Share with somebody. Testify to somebody. Love everybody. You ain't got to like people to love people. Child of God, give the world a taste and a glimpse. Today, in a time like this, Give the world a taste and a glimpse of who Jesus is. Let those around you know that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. I don't care where you work. You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. I don't care where you've been. You are a disciple of Jesus. Christ, you're a Christian. And so show Jesus off to those in your life and to those who are sent to you because God will send you people right in your face today who don't know him at the grocery store, in the elevator, in an office that don't know him. Come out of the darkness in these dark days and and do what the old folk used to say. What they say, walk in it. Old folks say, walk in it. Walk. Walk in the light. It's a beautiful light. Oh, walk with me. Talk with me. Let people know who I am. The main thing today is don't play with him. I said don't, don't play with him. I can't save you. I can only save myself. With I'm going before the Lord. You're not going for me. I'm going for myself. And you going for yourself. These are serious times. And so I invite you today to walk in the light. Oh, give the Lord a hand of praise. Walk in the light.
of the world and the light of the earth. There may be those of you who, who want to give. Why? Because the Bible says so. More blessed to give than it is to receive. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. See, we, we offer you that opportunity now to give. There are many means that you can give by Choose one of them. We thank you today. God thanks you today for being attentive to his word. For your greatest desire in life to be more like Jesus. It's not a mission impossible. And so as we prepare to leave this God's house today, we want to praise him that we're even here. So much sickness today. So much Jesus can bring the light to darkness 
when we become shakers and shiners that his anointing is seen by everybody and they give God the glory. And so during this African American Black History Month we want to in the midst of that we have a light because we have hope and hope says I don't care what you say we shall overcome not tomorrow Today, God. Hallelujah. Let's sing all of our ancestors and